It demands that we tell sinners the whole truth. We will not go quietly into the night. Christian Cornerstone Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome back to the second episode of, uh, I guess, Bible Talk. We'll have to work on that name a little bit. Um, this is the second episode we're doing here with Ethan. And uh, before we get started, I want to uh, thank you guys for watching this. Our last video had uh, 80 light or 80 views. Last audio podcast had 40. So that was really awesome. Uh, I want to thank you guys for that. And uh, those of you who do watch these, uh, if you'd like to share with your friends, support us, like, subscribe to videos. Uh, Facebook page. And if you'd like to support this ministry project financially as well, you can go to christiancornerstone.org and go to the support us page and go from there. Uh, it will open up some content. Um, it, the structure of the uh, supporting is a membership type. Uh, so by supporting this ministry, you will have um, some additional goodies as well. So without further ado, let's go ahead and get this party started and bring Mr. Ethan on board. How are you doing today? Good. How are you? I am... Well, same thing when you ask me, just nah, yeah, <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's the it's the adulting thing that uh, you know. I'm 31 years old, and I'm still trying to figure that adulting thing out. I don't think but, it ever uh, stops. <laughs> no, no, it doesn't. Um, I got a, a a lady from um, well, a previous church I was at. She's connected with me on Facebook, and I think she's like 50, 60 something years old. And, you know, she's she's uh, randomly putting up uh, like every birthday or something that, you know, I'm always going to be a kid at heart and, you know, doing something childish is what right. she does. And I was like, you know what? Stay that way. Don't ever grow up. So <laughs> right. um, downside is we do have to, you know, grow up at some point and stop, uh, stop drinking the milk and start eating the meat, so to speak. Right. So, um, OK, so last week. um Actually, I want to uh, share that once more. I know we talked about this beforehand, um, but uh, those viewers, uh, that I'm really tickled by that. Um, and anybody who's watching this, I want to thank you guys for that, um, for watching these. Um, really humbled by it and really excited to uh, to see those as well. So, um, yeah, share, share it with your friends if you feel like you're getting something out of this. If you feel like they would get something out of this, uh, go from there as well. So, I mean, and that's the primary thing is that we we learn and we can help uh, feed you the word of God to the best of our abilities as as other Christians um, and help you keep in step with the things of the Holy Spirit. So uh, today, uh, last week, we talked about uh, dividing churches. Um, and uh, today is I was thinking about this today is and I was, had a conversation with a coworker about it uh more or less. Um, but today's topic or theme, uh, we don't know how far we're going to be getting into this. It's really the, the foolish, uh, my Bible calls it the Christ uh, Christ, Christ of wisdom or, or Christ, Christ the wisdom. I'm sorry. I don't know how to read. Like we said, I'm still trying to grow up um, <laughs> For sure. and, the, and the power of God. So, um, you know, we've kind of titled this the foolishness made wise or the foolish made wise, um, which really kind of seems to, uh, go with this um as christians we are fools but as christians we are also wise um and today you know we're starting off with uh first corinthians chapter what are we in one chapter one yep. chapter one verse 18 
Uh, and I talked beforehand with Ethan about this, and we really don't know how far we're going to get. So we're going to try to take it slow and uh, see what happens. Um, but, uh, you know, I, the foolishness of God is, and I, was, I, I can't remember where it's at. Actually, I think it's right here. Yes, it is. It's actually in our text. So I'm not even going to comment on that. So without commenting on that, let's go ahead and get into this reading. All right. So. Old man glasses. Okay, so verse 18 says, for the word of, actually, let me, uh, I'm going to go down to verse 25, and then we'll see uh, how far we can get in that commentary. It says, for the word of the cross, according to uh, 1 Corinthians 1, 18, for the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wise Lord, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and the discernment of the discerning. I will thwart. Where is the one who is wise? Where is the scribes? And where is the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world did not know God through wisdom. It pleased God through the folly of what we preach to save those who believe. For Jews demand signs and the Greeks demand seek wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to the Jews, and folly to Gentiles. But to those who are called both Greek, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. For the foolish foolishness of God is wiser than man, and the weakness of God is stronger than man. So that's really our text today uh, that we'll be discussing. And uh, again, we'll see how far we can get on that. Um, I really don't think we're going to get too far into this. Um, like you, you, you said, you got some commentary and notes prepared. Um, you know, I personally, uh, you know, I was thinking about this and I had this experience. I actually, you know, there's uh, some gentlemen at uh, at work. I think I'm, you know, pretty much in the as far as the group uh, that I work with, uh, the only Christian. And there's a couple people I can talk to um, uh, about these things. Of course, you know, I'm the stupid one that's wrong. Um, but you know, I, I'm okay with that. Um, and I think, you know, we, we, as, as Christians really need to, uh, come to an acceptance of that. I think this is a verse in which we, we can uh, look at to recognize that in Christ, we will be called ignorant. We will be called stupid. We will be called narrow minded. Um, we will be called fools in all aspects. Uh, so I think, um, you know, if we can wrap our heads around that and really get a better understanding of why we are fools and what we are fools for, according to the world standards, um, not only will it humble us to recognize that there's a lot that we need to uh, learn in the things of God, um, but it'll also humble us to know that um, while you call me a fool, I know the Lord calls me wise. And not only wise, but he calls me blessed because I'm his child. Um so uh, that's really what I would say, um, I, I guess, as a, a start off or a kicker um, for this. You know, it says here the foolishness. I think Charles Spurgeon, uh, I don't know for sure. He's, he said a lot, but I think he actually quotes this in some way or another. Um, verse 18, the word, the word of the cross is folly or foolishness to those who are perishing, but to those who are being saved, the power of God. So what do you have here for me? Uh, with that fir the first half uh, of that sentence, can, can you can you pull anything out of that? The word of the cross, or uh, some translations say the power of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. 
Yes. So um, when I, when I read, uh, so the, I'm reading new King James version. So what it says is for the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. And um, one thing I believe was John MacArthur pointed this out may not have been John MacArthur. Um, I listened to a few commentaries to speak on it. Um, The word uh, message there is actually the word in Greek is uh, logos, right? Okay. It's it's in the singular um, uh, case. So it's saying, you know, this one word and that word actually, the word logos actually means the whole concept. So the concept of the cross is foolishness um, to those who are perishing. And not only is it foolishness, um, back in the day when we, you know, really to get some context, the Greeks in that day, um, they studied, you know, philosophy was the thing. And almost all philosophy today can be traced back to um, the philosophy of the Greeks. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, it really divided Greece. You know, every philosopher had his concept on, get this, um, the meaning of life. And there was as many as 50 to 60 philosophers that people followed in Greece. So, you know, imagine America, we're pretty divided right now with our Republicans and our Democrats. It's the same concept, but times 50. (laughs) Um, So there was a lot going on there. And so um, it was, and it was all man centric, right? It was all focused on what we as men can conjure up. And then here comes Paul and he's teaching the word, the concept of a crucified Messiah, right? That's like me saying, well, Hey, this prisoner was electrified on the electric chair, but he saved you by doing that. It's just pure foolishness right. to the world. And, and even to, so real quick, before we I jump a little further ahead there on, on that verse, the, um, uh, it was so foolish that there are actual um, uh, drawings in Rome still there to this day that show uh, Christians bowing at the foot of a cross and nailed to that cross is the body of a man with the head of a donkey. Yeah. Um, yeah. If I have the pronunciation right, uh, Alex Menos Graffito is what that is. Yes. Um, and I think that was, um, I think the artwork is dated. I could be wrong on this. I think it's dated in, um, I think it's in the, well, let me get my centuries right. Third century, maybe. Okay. Um, it would be the 200s. I could be wrong on that, but yeah, so that's. That would uh, be the second century, right? No, second century is one hundred. Third century, you're right. I'm sorry. Yeah, sorry. yeah, and that's that's the part where you gotta you <laughs> yeah. gotta mess with it. You know, right. from uh, two hundred to two ninety nine. That's right. the third century. Um, so, um, but yeah, I mean that, and that's actually uh, I, when I came across that, I heard about that. Uh, I think it was last year. Um, it's on my list. I haven't got it yet, but it's on my list uh, to get. Uh, I have a website that I. I uh, occasionally go to and buy replicas mm-hmm. um, of some of these artifacts. And that's one of them I'd like to get definitely um, because it really shows uh, just how foolishness, uh, you know, it was to be a Christian, but even so much, it even shows just how little respect that people had for it at that time. Right. Um, well, if um, I was, the point I was going to get to is it's amazing how today, yeah, um, we have governors and mayors that are see the. They look at the church and say it's foolish. It's not essential. Mm-hmm. Shut it down completely. You can't sing. You can't gather. If you gather, we're going to find. I mean, even John MacArthur's church is going through that right now. I don't know if right. you're aware of that. Um, and so, throughout history, even when there's a state church, even during the the you know the the popal age and all that, it is looked at as foolishness. Um, and honestly. 
I'm thankful to God that he chose the foolish things <laughs> of the world to confound the wise, you know? Yeah. So anyways, that was my point was that it just, it's, we can even look around us today and it is literally just a stone's throw away. The people that are saying that this is foolishness. And so um, that's really where I was going to end with that. So, Right. Well, the conversation I had uh, this morning or well, all of this morning, uh, and it seems to get in a circle because, um, uh, you know, I, I try to make it known to him and I, I successfully did, or at least I hope I did. And you'll probably have to repeat it a couple of times just to make sure I get the full message out to him. Um, but there's an individual at work. We'll occasionally go through these conversations. We'll say, well, if Christianity is true, if the Bible's true, well, you've got all these things. Um, you know, you've got Horace, you know, he's he's equal or, or parallel to Jesus. We we dissected that, and that's not for anybody who's watching this. They're not related, they're not similar, they're not identical. Um, but he's you know, he throws all these excuses out there, the secular excuses, and um, you know, tries to bring it back. Well, if he's a loving God, why did this happen? You know, if he's all knowing, why did you know he let Adam and Eve sin? That's not very good parenting, and so on. Um, but I mean, in, at the end of every single conversation, it, is, it always circles back. We start talking about it, and then we're, we're really just arguing the same thing we did in our last conversation. Um, but uh, I mean, he, he's overall he's he's a pretty good man. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as far as our, our relationship goes. Uh, we have the relationship where I can call him stupid for his mindset and he can call me stupid for my mindset. So, um, but um, so, yeah, I mean, we just kind of toss that around, but uh, one of the things I tried to throw in there today is like, you know, you're, you're not going to find an answer until you come to the cross until you recognize that you're not fighting, trying to find a God, but what you're doing is you're trying to find a God that suits you. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, I mean, in our conversations, um, and I feel this way sometimes, and I, I think it comes with how he's worded it. I've never really had much of an apologetics um, conversation with too many people. Um, my biggest concern really is, is getting the word out. So, I mean, I, I don't necessarily have that particular experience in that field. Uh, but, I, you know, I, I do come off. I, I, there's sometimes where I do feel, uh, feel foolish uh, mm. for it. But, you know, I, I'm okay with that because... Um, you know, I, I've, I've learned enough uh, by comparison. I've learned more and I've, been, I've come to a better understanding of who God is. Uh, and that only happens by submitting to the cross. Right. Um, I'm, you know, I can like for this gentleman as an example, I mean, I can tell him everything he wants to know and, and clearly articulate all these words. But um, if, if he doesn't really recognize his depravity and his need for the cross, then he's not going to understand any of it. So, right. uh, and that's that roadblock. That's where the foolishness comes in because he doesn't understand it. He thinks I'm speaking gibberish here. Right. And, you know, he's speaking with uh, a, such a bold intellect uh, according to his mindset. And I guess, you know, I could be the same way on the other side of the spectrum as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's something that people don't understand. You know, why would anybody die for you? Uh, or for well, me. It's, it's not just that it's it's why would a why should i believe in a first century jewish dude um being god and then if he is god why why on would he allow himself to be crucified you know it's just it's mind-bogglingly uh, and paul put it brilliantly but i'm going to sum it up in today's 21st century english it's mind-bogglingly stupid I mean, it is not what we would look for as humans. We would look for the strongest, the fastest, the, uh, as Paul puts, the, the, uh, 
the whys, you know, mm-hmm. um, that's what we would look for in, in somebody to save us. As a matter of fact, when you look at, um, what's going to happen uh, at the end of the age, that's what people are going to look for is, is somebody who's wise and able to lead and who's charismatic. You know, they're looking for that, the that bubbly, yeah, <laughs> well, man, well, we could go down that road, but <laughs> But yes, I yeah. would, I would agree that exactly. Well, well, I don't even know. There's quite a few Christians I know that don't like Donald Trump and there's a lot that do, but yeah. neither here nor there. But the point no, being, that was a sarcastic that, comment by the way. Yes. So. And man, that was a loaded. <laughs> we, we could go for a long time on that. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, as a matter of fact, now I'm going to send you a video and we'll, we'll, we'll get there. I'm actually going to give a shameless plug to uh, pray, vote, stand. Um, it was done by the Family Research Council. Everybody should check it out. Anyways, okay. on onwards. <laughs> All right. We'll be sure to get that link in there. Yeah. Um, where were we talking? I think we got off topic. Yeah, we, a little bit. You, 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 you got me off topic. Yeah. One, so. Well, um, what you, yeah, you're talking about, uh, you know, people who look for, you know, someone who's charismatic and bold, right. and smart, intellectual. And I mean, that's really what the, uh, I, I think this is really one of the heated things that Jesus had to deal with is, is that's what they were looking for, for the Messiah. You know, they're hearing about these prophecies, you know, this King who's going to be coming in, you know, in glory, you know, and with a sword and, a, and he's going to be on a white horse and, 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 you know, everything related to that, to a, to a, a conquering king or a king of victory. Mm-hmm. And he comes in rags to the world, a carpenter's son. And as he grows up, he's got no social status other than being a carpenter's stud, no right. son. And uh, he, there's no, he's got no formal education within the synagogues. Um, you know, the only record we really have is that he taught in the synagogues at 12 um, and then even through his ministry. But the Pharisees were all really wondering, it's like, you know, what, what, where's he getting his education from? He doesn't have any formal cred- accreditation. You know, we didn't ordain him. We didn't give him his degree. Um, but yet, you know, he thinks he knows more than we do. Uh, right. So in their minds, not only was he foolish, but he wasn't the Messiah because he wasn't what they were expecting. You know, we've looked at the prophecies. We know what to, what's to come, and you're clearly not him. You decided to come into the temple riding on a donkey. That's not exactly something a conquering king would do. Right, and and um, uh, it was actually pointed out. I don't remember who it was again, but they were talking about how the Jews were looking for a Messiah that would produce signs. Mm-hmm. He would, you know, part the, the Jordan River or whatever. It was, they were looking for somebody that would um, produce signs so much so that it's recorded several times throughout history of um, uh, uh, the Jews in mass. We're talking like 30,000 Jews would follow a guy who says, I'm the Messiah. Come watch me part the Jordan River. And he'd go and try for all day long and never part it. Or uh, That was something that was historically yes, that, being I, attempted? Yes, it was. I will okay. find a link and I'll give it to you on that. Um, a, uh, another Jew, I don't remember, I want to say he was just a few years after that one. Um, he told everybody, I'm the Messiah. I'm going to jump off the temple, just like Satan told Jesus to do. And guess yeah. what? He jumped and it was brilliant until he hit the ground. <laughs> you know, well, I think I, one of the things that they failed at is they didn't really call up Kenneth Copeland, which apparently he can control the weather. Right. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's really crazy that we come across these, um, false prophets. And I, that, you know, I, I guess I got to throw that in there. I, I, I don't know. Maybe the conversation I had today was kind of the fuel for the fire 
But, um, you know, that was something that was mentioned. You know, you got all these people in generally speaking who before and after Christ, who, you know, are claiming to be the Messiah in mm -hmm. some way or another. And then all these miracles, they, they completely fail at, uh, you know, and it's only Christ himself who successfully accomplished these uh, these monumental feats of deity walking right. on water, you know, calming the storm, raising the dead to life. So I was John MacArthur pointed out that Jesus made a point to um, keep that on the down low. You know, I mean, how many times did he say now, you know, don't tell anybody, uh, you know, now that you right. can see, don't say anything because he didn't, the Jews were looking for the sign and he didn't want to give them the sign. You know, that's not what they needed to be looking for. They had mm -hmm. been given the, the, in the word, it literally said the Messiah will show up on this day. And he certainly did. And they chose to um, be blinded to that fact. And um, I don't remember what was going with that. So, <laughs> well, yeah. And um, with those miracles too, uh, well, the reason, you know, don't tell them is because the people were looking at the for wrong motives. Right. Um, I want to say offhand, I'd have to uh, go back and read, uh, go back in the, in, the, in the passages to confirm this, but I believe it was actually his, um, I want to say it was, it was the healing of uh, the lame, uh, the crippled man. Mm -hmm. I could be wrong on that. Um, but in general, you know, one of the events when he says to, you know, don't tell anybody is, is not only because of, you know, I, I don't want, I don't want to reveal myself in this nature to these people um, because they're blind, but it was because they were looking for the wrong motives. Right. You know, they were looking for a superficial, you know, he, okay, this guy was, uh, I guess in the words of uh, uh, MacArthur is um you know when he when he feeds the five thousand he was looking for somebody that could feed him okay we don't have to go to the store anymore right um you know somebody who could heal him okay we don't need to go to the doctors anymore uh and i um off my memory that's really all i can give you right there oh so, some then they were really looking for somebody to crush rome and that's what they were hoping yeah for, you yeah know? and that's uh you know the the their idea of god is not something that he came to be uh he will be in the future, but that's not who he is now. Right. Um, so uh, this next piece is, it is uh, to those who are being saved, uh, the power of God. Uh, wow. I'll, I'll be completely honest, you know, reading that. I'm just like, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I, I, you know, think about that to those who are being saved, the Christians, the elect, it is the power of God. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and, you know, when I see that there, what really stands out is the power of um, I mean, this this is is how how we are being saved. Uh, the, the the cross, the, the the crucifixion, the death. This is this is what the Christian deserved. And um, Gregory Medley, if I'm pronouncing that right, I'm sorry, I had a little distraction here. He's uh, commented. I'm going to lose my train of thought, by the way. But I want to say, you know, thank you, brother, for uh, joining in on this little podcast. Uh, I haven't seen your comments in a while, so it's like, it's good to see you there. Um, I think he started following this project back in the early spring. So I thought that was kind of cool. He's been commenting, following some of these videos, uh, interacting. So that, that's a huge plus. It's, it's always good to have that. For sure. Um, I did lose my train of thought. I knew it. Um, oh, power of the cross, the cross itself being the power of God. I mean, that's really where we all, we all deserve. That's that crucifixion. And yet when Christ takes that, I mean, this is, this is the whole idea that, um, and, and, or at least how I'm portraying it, how I illustrate it in my head is from the beginning of time, this was all planned out. Uh, 
and you know how I see it from the beginning of creation before creation happens. And feel free to you know throw me out on this, or you know input whatever you want. But we have uh, before creation, God says, "Okay, I'm going to create a people." And talking to the Trinity, I'm going to create a people. They're going to worship us. They're going to love us. But here's the thing: they're going to fall. They're going to sin. And we're going to have to make a way for them. So mankind itself is all screwed up and says, and, you know, getting into that sin, falling, unworthy of everything God has to offer us. And and then through this, you know, he's looking at creation and he says, it's like, you know what, we'll, we'll provide a way. You know, my my just law provide uh, it demands uh, demands the crime be The crime be dealt with, uh, that the punishment be given to somebody. I can't just let this person go. And then you've got Jesus up there before the cosmos have happened. And he says, well, Father, I'll do it. I love these people. You're, 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 you're wanting to do this. You're wanting to create, to give me something. But I want to give you something in return. I want to give you the very same people you are giving me. And this is kind of an explanation R.C. Sproul was given in one of his lectures that yeah. all of it was all of creation was the father wanting to give the son something because he loves him. But the son wanting to give it all back to the father because he loves him. Right. So, um, you know, I see that played out there and it says, OK, well, you know, son, Jesus, let's do this then. You know, the law demands sacrifice. Who's going to take that sacrifice? Well, I'll take it for them because I want you to have these people. So, okay, let's let it happen. A couple thousand years pass, and then we see this. And then on that cross, I mean, that's said the gateway, uh, the gateway to eternal life. You know, he says your power is being revealed. I mean, not only has it been revealed through all the past, the cosmos being created through everything that he's done in the Old Testament with the Israelites. Not only is it done through all the miracles in which Jesus performed, but the greatest miracle of all is that Jesus tore the veil. And he opened up a gateway for the believer to have that relationship, to be redeemed uh, with the Father. And, and that's where I'm seeing here. To those who are being saved, this is the power. This is the ultimate this is the pinnacle of everything is the cross. And I think that's what I see from this statement there. Right. Well, um, I got one comment slash question for you on that. But before we go there, I want to kind of tell you what I'm, what I'm, what I see is a couple things. When we read, but to, uh, to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. It, it goes hand in hand with, for the message of the cross is foolishness, foolishness to those who are perishing in the mm -hmm. way of, um, how often do, uh, I mean, I know personally in my own life, I come across people and sometimes even in my own life, I find moments where I'm the one seeking for that sign. We were just talking about just like the Jews and I'm, I'm misunderstanding or missing the fact that that sign has already come right. and it has come in power. And that sign is the sign of the cross. It is the, the finished work that Christ had on the cross, you know, and how, you know, so when, when, when I get in these moments when I'm like, man, it would be great if, you know, God would drop a million dollars in my lap for lack of an example. You know <laughs> right. what I mean? Yeah. Um, but he already has. It's already happened. I need to stop looking at the cross as foolishness and look at it as the power of God, you know? Right. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, that uh, alone is a struggle that uh, we as Christians deal with. 
is looking for that sign. Yeah. Because, uh, and I'm sure everybody can relate to this in some way or another is like you said, you know, you're wanting a million dollars, but, um, I don't think it's that we're not given a sign. I think it's more specifically we're looking left when God wants us to look right. The sign has been given to us like, uh, well, we'll use uh, finances for an example. That's one of the biggest things, uh, you know, people, uh, people struggle with is um, what I, well, I'll use myself here. Um, a single man um, paying the rent, paying cars and whatever else comes with uh, being an adult. Um, you know, I'm, I'm personally responsible. That's a sole income and the sole expense for life. There are times, um, let's say for an example, if, uh, you know, something happens for whatever reason, I call in sick for work or I am sick. I take one day off or I take two days off, whatever it is. Um, that of course was going to cut my paycheck for that week. And then every single time, you know, I wonder, it's like, okay, um, you know, paycheck's kind of low, you know, how I'm concerned what's going to happen. And, um, you know, I, I really just have to trust in God in those instances, but I wonder to myself is like, where's this money going to come from? Uh, and every time it seems, it seems as if every time something like this happens where I get in that mindset that it pretty much comes to follow through within the next week. Um, because we, we have Saturdays, that's kind of an up in the air day. Uh, we don't know if we're going to work those or not. And it, it seems like it, we work those days and you know, that's an extra overtime income. So there's overtime for that, that week. And then it also kind of helps balance out the previous week's loss. So my point is with that is, Instead of looking at the immediate concern right there, it's, you know, for example, three-day week instead of a five-day week, loss of income. Instead of focusing so much on that concern, recognize that there's the possibility to make that up. Example with that next week, um, or even you know, learn to manage the finances better. Um, I can tell you for sure, my own personal finances aren't the best as far as management goes. Um, but one of the things I do know is that God has provided the means for me to be taken care of. They're already there. I don't need to ask for, you know, God, give me some overtime, you know, give me a better income or, you know, uh, um, you know, have some money fall from the sky or however else you want to word that is he's provided the means to bless me in that aspect. Now it's up to me to be responsible with what God has given me. So, um, and I think that's really where we struggle. We want things to happen in a certain way and a certain time now, but we don't take into consideration God has already provided it. How can we know the will of God for our lives? How do I know what direction to take? Well, look into the word of God. I mean, that's a, that's a big picture, you know, with that there, you know, how do I know what relationship I'm to be in and what relationship I'm not? Look to the word of God, evaluate the circumstances, recognize, um, you know, the pros and cons, um, you know, how do I know what to eat or, or, you know, how can I portion out my food or, you know, I don't know what I'm going to eat the next day, portion it out. I mean, there's all sorts of, you know, reasonings and excuses and ways in which we can really realize that in a lot of ways, God has already, has already provided. It's just uh, for up to us to properly manage that. Right. And, and in, in this context, properly managing, the, the uh, literally the understanding of the power of God, 
Right. You know, we have to proper put it in its correct place, right? It is up here and we and our understanding is down here, right? Right. So, I don't yeah. know if that makes sense if I'm No, that so. absolutely it does actually and I was um I don't know if I was I don't know if I shared this with you or if we talked about it last week or not. There was a gentleman who was asking me um I don't say about two weeks now, you know, he sent me a message. Hey, I've got a question. And, uh, you know, he's, he's got a reformed theological view as well, but he asked me the question. It's like, what do you think, you know, personal opinion, uh, what do you think, or why do you think people have such a big problem with reformed theology? Um, and, and I, I think that that goes with your whole little put God up here and, you know, bring us down here motives is, uh, is that, um, that's exactly it. You know, because it, it one, it, it crushes reform theology, if, you know, unless you've got a better uh, you know, opinion on this, it crushes mankind. It crushes our pride. It crushes everything that we are mm-hmm. uh, because it makes God so sovereign and puts us down so low. Mm-hmm. And, you know, really recognizes that anything that we can possibly do is, is really meaningless. It, by comparison, it's just microscopic. You know, yeah. You, you, you did that good deed today. Well, that's nothing compared to who I am. It's not right. to say there's nothing wrong with doing good deeds, but you know, we, we need to recognize um, that without God in, in all aspects, we're just a speck of dust. Right. So, um, and yeah, I mean, I think that's where, where it comes into play. If we can recognize, you know, get us off of that pedestal, bring us down here and put our pedestal on top of God's, instead of having us equal, bringing him back up to where he belongs and recognizing that we look up to him. We don't look eye to eye, but we look up to him. Right. Anything else is creating an idol. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Anything else, because as you put it, as Reformed Theology puts it, or uh, is God is sovereign. We, whether we like it or not, are his subjects. He, and, and as you know, I believe in free will. He's given us free will, but that he's still sovereign. He still mm-hmm. controls everything around us. It's he gives us the option to have free will. And yes, we can, we'll, we'll set that. <laughs> we'll save that. We'll save that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but my point being, um, uh, even, even if you take, take my stance of free will, he's still sovereign. Mm-hmm. He can still make us do whatever he wants. He's God. There's nothing that we can do. Um, as you put it, that would, um, tip the scales in our favor. Right. Um, um uh, is it Isaiah? I think it's Isaiah. That uh, said, I mean, it's nothing but dirty rags. You know? Yeah, yeah, because that's actually a favorite verse of mine. Um, 64 verse 6 is where that is. I say it's 64 verse 6, that all our good deeds are like filthy rags. Um, and in proper terminology are like menstrual rags. Yes. So, um, yeah, and that's, I, I believe, uh, I'd have to go back and double check the, the verse itself, but I believe that's in context of uh, a merit righteousness. A works righteousness is, is really the emphasis is that um, there's nothing that you can possibly do to oh, earn my favor or, you know, my blessings or rewards just by your deeds alone. Right. So. And, and uh, I guess to turn this big ship around, that's that's exactly where we're at is the foolishness of the cross is um, I'm losing my train of thought. There it goes. Hold on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, oh my gosh, I had a point I wanted to make right off the end of that. It was perfect. It was a launching pad and it's gone now. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> no, it's all right. Um, 
That's what happens when you don't keep your notes with you. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and I'm really bummed out about that too. Cause we were talking beforehand that the, uh, the power went out uh, on my end Saturday. I was, I was looking forward to, um, you know, finishing up the lesson notes, getting the lesson uh, recorded for the final lesson, you know, for a big old unveiling open house of the, the student platform. Uh, I'd, I'd call it a student platform um, uh, within the ministry. Uh, but, you know, and then use Sunday to uh, work on some notes. Unfortunately, like I said, you know, you had to, you know, pick and choose what to do there. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I was really looking forward to it. I was thinking about that yet last week is uh, one of the things I mentioned to you is like, you know, I'm not going to prepare notes. But even after yes, uh, last week's uh, recording, I was like, you know, what? I, I would feel personally better if I did. Right. Um, so uh, because I, I even noticed that I personally get more out of it when I do that as well. Definitely. So um, hopefully the power doesn't go out and I'll actually be able to succeed right. <laughs> with that next week. Um, okay. So let's get into the next verse here. It says, uh, well, it says, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and discernment. Uh, I will, uh, and the discernment of the discerning I will thwart. Uh, do you have any thoughts on that? Um, you know, I was trying to do a little digging into that. Uh, and it is amazing. Um, I want to say there's, I can't think off offhand, but there's quite a few verses throughout scripture where God says this same thing. So I think he's making a point against the proud, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, that man's wisdom is, is not, it's nothing. It's nothing to be proud of because it is still falls short. And that's really what I got out of that. Just, just, I was impressed the number of times it is in scripture. Yeah. And I think, well, and we'll see that in verse 25, um, but you know that's uh, well. I'm gonna I'm gonna leave that comment. We'll we'll get to that when we can get to it. So, um, yeah, let's go ahead and jump over to the next the next couple of verses here. It says, uh, "Where is the one who is wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? And has not God made the foolish made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world did not know God through the wisdom. It pleased God through the folly of what we preach to save those who believe." Um, yeah, and I'm going to stop right there because there's a, it, it pleased God through the folly of what we preach to save those who believe. And we, we talked about the whole concept uh, of uh, the artifact called of, uh, if I have, again, have the pronunciation right, Alex Manos Graffito. Um, and I think if, if, if the translation is accurate, if, or if I remember this right, it means the, the graffiti of Alexander, I believe is what it is. Um, I could be wrong on that. But, um, it's really difficult to to grasp that to, to grasp why would anybody die you know you're claiming to be the messiah but why you know why would you go so far to the cross if you are the son of god clearly you can take yourself down off of this cross you know don't be a fool don't put yourself don't don't kill yourself uh, and then he's dead for 3 days and people think and even the disciples get to the point it was like you know that guy was nuts you know, he did all of these things. He did all these miracles and he was stupid enough to get himself killed. Um, I mean, this is something, of course, they didn't know, uh, really completely comprehend because it wasn't revealed to them until the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit comes upon him and then all things are revealed. But, um, and then of course you have Jesus Christ's teachings uh, after his uh, resurrection. But this... Uh, 
it, it, it would be really difficult. And I was having this conversation with my uh, my coworker uh, today about that. And he's like, well, you know, if, you know, there's you have all these people here claiming to be the Messiah. And I was like, well, you know, you also have this one here who was willing to die for this claim. Uh, he not only performed enough miracles and enough works, but he was such a fool that he died a fool by the world standards. And he, he knew full well he was God. He knew he was the Messiah. He wasn't some sort of psychotic, crazy man. And the early disciples were as well, all the way up until, I want to say, the 300s. Um, men, women, and children were all being you know, crucified or, or um, executed in various ways because of the Christian faith. You know, um, I, I'd have to go back and read it. Uh, Fox's Book of the Martyrs. Have you checked that out? I have a copy of it sitting on my shelf. Yeah, I've got to, I got to get an updated translation. It's very difficult to go through that old old yeah, English. Me, me too. <laughs> so um, I do understand it to a point, but not completely because there's some wording in there. It's like, you know, what are you saying? Um, bottom line is a lot of people die. But um, I mean, yeah, they were all they were fools for Christ. They were they. You know, they, they were recognizing that uh, well, it was this year through says that it pleases God through the folly of what we preach. The folly of what we preach is Christ crucified. And through this is to save those in which uh, who believe. Um, and that, that's, you know, the basic nutshell version of the gospel is to repent of your sins. Christ died on the cross so that you wouldn't have to. He took the punishment you did, you deserve. And I mean, it's 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 really humbling to think um, just the, the basic principle of that is that, I mean, you can just listing any, every single possible sin that you have ever committed, you know, whatever comes to memory. And according to God, uh, it's, hold on, it, uh, this comment here, uh, Greg says, it's crazy that in the 13 Jewish tenets, uh, they await a Messiah that is not God, but a mere man. And that foolishness is another, is that foolishness on another level though. So I think that might be related to something you were saying before he chimed in. Um, you were talking about the the many people claiming to be the Messiah, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, other people were, were claiming to be Messiah. Uh, like you, you uh, gave the example of, uh, you know, men jumping off of a, a cliff saying, hey, you know, watch. It was actually the temple. A man literally like Satan tempted Jesus to do. A man jumped off the temple. Okay. Do you know if it was before <laughs> or after the event or like uh, after was, Jesus or? I do believe this, both the events I cited were before Christ. Okay. Okay. I, it's just kind of interesting. I was a little curious because like, I, I would think anyways, it's, it's okay. We, you know, we heard this, we've heard the, the story of uh, what Jesus has preached, you know, the first century we've heard of this. So let's go ahead and mimic that and say, okay, well you didn't jump off of it. So I'm going to jump off of it. Right. So um, that's, yeah. Yeah. That's how I would think that. But um, what do we have here? We've got 42 minutes in. Okay. So, um, I guess what I want to fast forward to, unless you got some commentaries uh, within there, is uh, that let go ahead. Oh, I was I was just going to say that uh, uh, I wanted to jump in there because you were talking about you know this is the gospel in a nutshell, right? Yes. Um, and bringing up the fact that we deserve that death, and I wanted to ask, have you heard of? And, and I don't know if anybody else has that's listening. Um, of Ray Comfort. Oh yes, yes. So and that's the point that I think, again, the world sees as foolish is we as Christians believe we have original sin. We have fallen short from birth, mm -hmm. from conception, we've fallen short. And when you look at the world today, what are they proclaiming? 
oh, you're, you're great. All people are good. We just need to get rid of all of these restraints like police and whatever else to right. free our natural inner wonderfulness. Well, so you can see the natural contradiction there right. between what Christ said, you are fallen. You don't meet the standard, but I do. And I'm going to step in for you. Mm -hmm. And the world says the opposite. So that was just my commentary. On that. Well, yeah. And with that, there's, and this is like a, probably one of the, a passage that's really been ringing loud in my head ever since, uh, you know, all this protesting and writing began is um, Romans chapter one, that God is handing them over to, you know, their, their depravity yep. to their sins. And, and that's really what we're seeing here in America. It's like, they don't want law and order. They don't want God. Mm -hmm. um, the, you know, they don't want really a, a common sense of morality. They just want their own desires. Mm -hmm. And so God, and I, I firmly believe this is no longer one nation under God. It is not a God protected nation. Um, I think, I think that, I think that the clock is is running out. I don't think it's completely run out. I do have a little bit of faith, not in the American people at all, but right. I have faith in God. And I have seen and heard and listened to so many from across the, the country, from coast to coast. Um, I believe we are on the verge of either a revival or, as you said, it's done. You know, we're looking at the full on Laodicea. You know? Yeah. Well, and that will, time will obviously tell. That'll, that'll, unravel right. as, as, as it goes on. But uh, yeah, generally speaking, I, I don't think, I don't see this being a, a nation under God anymore uh, overall uh, because of what the, the country itself stands for. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's a lot of unbiblical principles. So, uh, and that's where I would throw that argument in there. But um, with um, you said something. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, you said something. I had a thought on it. Um, completely lost it. Um, oh, the revivals. Yeah. And I, I, I actually, um, if you look at the great awakenings and you look at, you just look at the dates, I don't have the notes in front of me. Um, but the great awakenings, uh, if I remember the dates, hopefully close enough, they were in a span of, of each revival event was in a span of, if I remember, I think it was about 30 to 70 years span. Mm -hmm. uh, and based on those, I did, a, I did a, I think I did a recording earlier this year on that. Um, based on those numbers, you know, I was just using that as an example. It's like, you know, we're, we would, we should see a revival happening. If, if these, if these great awakenings happen on these dates, then we've already reached that peak where, you know, I think it was, um, I think the last one was in the sixties, if I remember right. Yeah. The um, Billy Graham era. Yes. Uh, well, he was a little early, later than the sixties, wasn't he? Nope. nope. No. Okay. It was, uh, late fifties, early sixties. I do believe, I think 65 is a, a real big peak time. Okay. So. so yeah. And then it's been about, um, about 50 so years, uh, since then. And, you know, if you were to go to the extreme and, and use those as a, you know, official schedule, then yes. I mean, I would say then we we are about ready for a, a new great awakening, a new revival. Mm -hmm. Um, but again, only time will tell. And I think the best thing that we can do is, is really equip the ministers to, uh, you know, have a backbone, you know, preach the word and, um, you know, preach repentance, you know, preach that, you know, the sins that you admit or that you are involved in, these are going to be the things that condemn you unless you repent. 
So um, if we can preach that, um, and then I think we would really be on our way to that revival. Uh, commentary here from uh, Gregory says, a revival is definitely needed. Uh, Leonard, actually, let's get this on screen so everybody else can uh, check that out. Uh, Leonard Ravenhill. I'm not so familiar with that name. I'll have to look that up. Let me actually write that down so I don't forget that. Uh, said, you will never have... Uh, you will never have to advertise a fire. Likewise, if your church is on fire, you want to have, if your church is on fire, you want to have to advertise it. Yeah, you won't uh, have to advertise the revival. Oh, you won't. Yeah. Okay, yeah. typo. It's, yeah, the revivals. Uh, and I, I think, you know, that's one thing that I think we really confuse uh, today. And I guess we could probably close up with this here is um, I'm not saying they're not effective. But my concern is really that we're, I would say, manipulating the work of the Holy Spirit when we have these planned revivals, you know, mm -hmm. in said church or organization, um, you know, does these things like the Was it like last weekend or two weekends ago when the whole, um, um, I don't know who hosted officially, but Billy the Graham was involved with something. Jonathan Kane thing, or was it, it Jonathan Kane? Con, yeah. yeah I, I don't um, like him. Oh, no, I, I'm, I'm actually <laughs> right there with you. Um, I like reading his, like I read his book and it was a great story. You know yeah. I mean? <laughs> as fictional. And I haven't read it. I choose yeah. not to. And it's not just because, uh, it's not just because it's, it one, it's, it's not in my interest. Um, I'm very particular if, uh, you know, if it's not theologically enriching, then it's not something I'm going to read. Even if I want to try to read it, I'm going to open up two pages and put it down. Right. So, um, that's not necessarily bias. It's just generally, it's not in my interest. For sure. Yeah. Um, so anyways, I didn't mean to interrupt, but I was just always trying to think of which, which one you were talking about. No. Yeah. Jonathan Kahn. Um, but, uh, yeah. And, and I've, I've heard, uh, I've read enough reviews on that to really say it's like, you know, this guy's pretty much discrediting himself. Um, and I, I actually found a PDF that really uh, dissects, um, I don't know if it's Harbinger is one of his books, you know, one of his, one of his pseudo theological books, but it really debunks all of that. Uh, really interesting read. The reviews, I, I enjoy the reviews more than I would probably read the book. Um, but yeah, that's the specific event I'm referring to. Um, it's, I'm not saying that people didn't truly repent, but what I am saying is I would say that there would probably be a lot of superficial repentance there. Um, I don't know what was said there. I didn't, I didn't really follow along with that. Um, so I, I can't really, you know, condemn it too much, uh, personally, but, uh, generally speaking, I think revivals themselves is really something that you can't, you can't just plan that we're going to do it on a Sunday night. Hey guys, it's going to be big. It's going to be an awesome bang. No, if you want to have a revival, preach the gospel. Hmm. So yeah, I was going to say, if you want to have a revival, you preach the word, right? And what did Jesus say? My sheep hear my voice and the ones that are there when you're done preaching the word, those are Jesus's sheep, right? That's your revival. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and even through the the persecution, uh, you know, this is something that the, that the believer. It's not saying that you know you, sh you should go hunt down persecution and be involved in it, but you know, even through all of this, the true believers will stay true mm -hmm. uh, to the Christian faith. So, yep, preaching the word, man, that's revival right there. That's all you need. Right now, this last verse, uh, we'll close up here with this. It says the foolishness of God is wiser than man. I thought this was interesting. Last time I read this, I had a friend of mine comment. They're asking, you know, what does this mean? Uh, the foolishness of God is wiser than man, and the weakness of God is stronger than man. Now, I mean, that seems really, really kind of obvious, but um, for anybody who might not completely understand that, is really that in the strong, in, in the in the in the most wisdom, 
that we have in the most strength that we have, it's not enough by comparison to God. I guess I'm getting this backwards here. The foolishness. If you were to put God on some sort of scale of, um, you know, right. on, a, on an intellectual level of understanding, the, the most foolish thing that God can say and the weakest ability that he has is still much stronger and much wiser than man. And I think that really goes back to the, uh, the pedestal illustration that we were talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, that, you know, there's by, if you want to you know put yourself equal to God, that's going to be your idol as, uh, as you were saying there, Ethan. So we need to understand by comparison, we are weak. He is strong. We are fools. He is wise. So, and if anybody wants to be wise, they must first recognize that they are a fool and seek the wisdom and the counsel of God. So um, that is all I have personally. Um, did you have any other two cents, uh, Gregory? Uh, do you like to take a moment to chime in as well? Um, I guess while we're waiting on any sort of comment that he has, did you have anything, Ethan? Um, you know, uh, I could keep going on this section for a long time. So I think I'll just go ahead and say that's, that's what I got. So. Okay. Well, do we want to uh, turn this specific section into a part two or do we want to go off and do the, um, or continue on in the next verse? You know, I say, let me, I'm, I'm looking at commentary and I apologize. Give me one second. Let me jump back and look okay. at this real quick. Um, I would say just for the sake of, you know, as we're learning how we're going to operate all this and keep moving forward, I, I say, let's keep going. I'm sure if we continue doing this, we're going to end up cycling back over to first Corinthians oh, eventually. So. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> all right. So, um, all right, Ethan, I want to thank you for uh, joining up with this. And again, I uh, enjoyed your commentary and we'll, uh, we'll continue this uh, next week as we continue through the word of God. So if you want to stick around for a minute, we'll get a hold of you after we climb close. Absolutely. Up. Sounds great. So, yep. Thank you. All right, everybody. Uh, that's really all we have today for First uh, Corinthians. Uh, what does it say here? I believe we got through 18 through 25, uh, starting with, I would say, the part two or part one of the foolishness of God, the foolishness of man. Um, but I want to thank you guys for who did watch this and those of you who will be listening uh, to this recording. Um, as I said, last week we had 80 some odd uh, views of the video footage and even 44 as of now of the audio podcast. So I thank you for that. Uh, it's really humbling, really exciting at the same time. Feel free to like, share, subscribe with all your friends. Um, and even if you enjoy this ministry, uh, getting something out of this, please do consider becoming a financial supporter of this ministry project. Uh, and you'll help offset the costs that we have as well. So any questions, comments, concerns, feel free to uh, get a hold of us, uh, message us on Facebook, Cornerstone, uh, the Christian Cornerstone Facebook page. And you can also go to christiancornerstone.org and send us an email that way. You guys have yourself a very wonderful weekend. God bless.